Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stanfall. I am Greg Sussman. Hey, what's happening? Greggy, I wish I could say happy Monday. It's not really the happiest of Mondays here today. Obviously, we'll get into everything that happened over the weekend. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I'm doing all right. Didn't, uh, didn't sleep great last night. I found whenever this is awkward, but I found whenever uh, I watch like the pay per view before I go to bed, my mind uh, wanders. Oh, you get amped up. I, I don't know if it's about amped up. But I, I the adrenaline rushing from the Royal Rumble. It's not the adrenaline. It's like me thinking of the possibilities of a how it will get screwed up what I liked, and b like what they there. will do or what they should do, and then my mind then turns to work, and then I was like, I can't sleep, and then you wake up a bunch of times thinking about work, and then the next thing you know, there's the alarm. There's the alarm. 6 a.m.? What is it? 6 a.m. for you? 6.30? 6.30. 6.30. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I did catch the end of the Royal Rumble. I didn't watch it in its entirety. I watched, uh, so I had the... It's basically a lot of just Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought the Royal Rumble was really cool. I, I watched... Edge, Edge was great. That was amazing. Spoiler alert for those that haven't watched. Um, I mean... So I had to pause it in the end of the Daniel Bryan match because I was on the phone with Mike for like an hour. Like an hour, one minute to be exact. And so I had... Earpiece on my laptop watching that, that after the call, and the, we had the Grammys on the big TV, and uh, that was our night. Grammys weren't so good. You know the best. You know the best though. You know what, what was it? You know I'm married to, to my wife. Because any of these like big events that are on a Sunday night, the Oscars, Grammys, uh, like NFC Championship game, like that kind of stuff. She's like, all right, so I guess we're just like gonna make wings, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess we are. <laughs> So we go to the supermarket, we buy some wings. We buy wings for the Grammys? <laughs> Interesting. All right. It was, it was awesome. Probably more so for the Royal Rumble, but sure. hey, they fell on the same night, exactly, right? Exactly, right? That's what I would have done. Like WrestleMania, I'm sure we'll buy wings. So we go to the supermarket, we buy wings, we toss them in our own franks, in our own franks right? Buy some carrots and celery, get some blue cheese. I'm married. There you go. It was awesome. It all works out. It was, it, it was awesome. Um, how are you? Well, I mean... <laughs> Aside from uh, the obvious, uh, not great, obviously, Greg. I mean, everything that happened this weekend, I don't know if you want to jump into it right now, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, we're, let's not beat around the bush um, yep. to any of this. So I'll, I'll, I'll say from my perspective what's, what's going on, and then you could, you could 
dive in. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, Kobe Bryant. You can see behind us, uh, Kobe's two numbers, probably should switch them, but eight and 24. Um, and I was watching Maryland yesterday. I said this on the air on Endgame Live when I called in. But I was watching the Terps, and I, I got home from the mall, um, and I put my phone on the counter, and I'm watching Maryland, and they were the, the normal disaster that they normally are. If they're getting up 14, they went down all those points, and I was cursing and yelling. And then they had like a big three. I was like, all right, let me check my phone and see what my, you know, my Maryland friends are saying. And um, he responded, oh, did you see Kobe? And my other friend that was watching the game said, oh, did you see Kobe? Like, oh, I guess I turned away for a moment. Like, I didn't see him at the Indiana Maryland game. Because uh, whatever I missed, I was like, oh, it's, it's weird that Kobe's at an Indiana Maryland game, but okay, sure. He likes basketball, big guy. And then Mike texted me. And this is truly how I found out. Mike texted me a screenshot of in game live of what we had on at that time. And I was going to, I was going to tune in. I was going to, you know, watch in game live after Maryland because I was excited to find, you know, talk about it. And it said, what happened to Kobe? Kobe Bryant died. And I was like, you just get, you say it, you get goosebumps. You say it, you get chills. And then I realized what was going on. I, I couldn't believe it. And you, I felt bad because there's four minutes left in the Maryland game. I felt bad like reacting to that game how I would any game where I was cheering and yelling and screaming and booing and, and crying and that, that, all that stuff. Because somebody just, died and wound up being nine people just died it was very very sad and I, as i said on in-game live yesterday i feel bad for kobe of course i, I feel heartbroken but it's it's his 13 year old daughter Gianna. that just yeah, that's what crushes me um his wife vanessa his other three children really a baby that this is hard to say will never know who her father is like, that is so so sad more than anything else in the world, that it just put this cloud over uh, the entire day on Sunday. And when I was, I joined the game live yesterday and I gave my thoughts. And when I contacted you, Frank, to do the same, we wanted all of our hosts, especially the ones that covered the NBA, like you and I do, or watch the NBA like you and I do, to discuss. You go, I don't know that I could do it without being emotional. And I go, well, then you're the right person to have on because it hit you, uh, it hit you very hard. Yeah, it did. And, you know, I'm going to try not to sound overly dramatic about this. Obviously, this is a, a huge tragedy and, and thoughts and prayers with all the families that are involved, not just the Bryant family. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Kobe and his 13-year-old daughter involved in this tragedy. But, uh, yeah, look, the reason why I got into sports originally, uh, started playing basketball. It's my favorite sport. It was, it was the first sport that I ever played, you know, four or five years old, right around the time that Kobe came into the league. I mean, Everybody has their idols and, and their favorite athletes and their favorite celebrities, and mine was Kobe. It, that's not just, I'm not just saying that. You knew this beforehand. It's, it's always been Kobe. A lot of people look up to Derek Jeter. Again, it was, this was the time period that I was growing up in, so uh, he was my guy. Kobe was my guy. So th this, this was a tough one yesterday to, to really, uh, tough pill to swallow, obviously. I uh, had to just like sit down for like 10 minutes. Couldn't even, I didn't even want to go on Twitter I had to get out of the house, you know, go to the park. I actually, like, went to go play basketball, like, shoot around a little bit because I didn't want to keep reading about it. I had to get my mind off of it, do something else. So, uh, yeah, that was, you know, how I spent the majority of the day. I, it doesn't even, it doesn't feel real today still. Um, again, it's just an, an, an unbelievable tragedy, and, and not just for Kobe. Again, it's 
the nine people that were involved, the uh, all the families that are involved here too. The, there was another child on board. I mean, they were going to his daughter's basketball game. They were, and and he had done this countless times already in the month of January. Everything that I've read, like he's he uses helicopters to get around uh, because it's frankly it's quicker and it's something he's done you know seemingly so many times and nothing has ever happened. And then obviously what happened yesterday, it was just. You know, it takes not just the sports world by storm, Greg. It takes the entire world by storm. You know, everyone acknowledges it. It's the impact that he had not only on basketball, but athletes all around the world. You know, Neymar scores a goal, and he's throwing up the 2-4, and you're hearing chants break out at the, at the Pro Bowl yesterday, and you know, teams taking the 24-second violation to start off NBA games yesterday, which, in my opinion, 30. I understand that there's a lot of sponsors, there's a lot of money involved, but I don't think that basketball players are playing basketball yesterday. Uh, in the NBA, that's just personally my opinion, and you know, we could talk about talk about this more after the break. I mean, his legacy as a talent, um, what he did on the court. Talk more about it when we get back, Rick. More from your BFFs, life, legacy, Kobe Bryant. Talk about it next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Back here on the BFFs, Greg Sussman and Frank Stanford. We're talking about the life uh, of Kobe Bryant. And this was a tough one for everybody because Kobe was Kobe was not just a, an NBA player. He was a, a megastar, a superstar. He was the man for our entire childhood, for so many people our age. That includes celebrities. That includes... All athletes, that includes just fans. I mean, he was the guy, and you said, as you mentioned, like you looked up to, he was your guy. And, you know, him perishing like that was unspeakable, in all honesty. And I will say this, and I wanted to, I've been wanting to get this one off my chest for a while. Kobe Bryant is a fantastic basketball player, unbelievable basketball player, one of the top basketball players of all time. He's one of the top competitors. Of all time. But I don't know Kobe Bryant, the man. I don't know Kobe Bryant, the guy. And you see the, the, the statements from people like Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan. Say he, how, how, how much he cared for his daughters and his wife. And everything you've seen, like, he is a, a fantastic father. Coaching his daughter in basketball. Wanting her to go to UConn and set the world ablaze playing basketball. But... I do find it hard, in all honesty, Frank, to forget Kobe's past and transgressions. That is a part of him. That is a part of his legacy. And even on a day like today and a day like yesterday, I don't think it's fair for that to be forgotten either. I don't think that you could just look at somebody and take one side of the coin and not at least acknowledge that the other part existed. 
and I don't think a lot of people are just sweeping that under the rug. It's just hard to bring that up in, in this time of tragedy, right? Like, I don't think people are forgetting anything that Kobe Bryant has done. And I thought that Gabe kind of laid this out nicely uh, earlier on today on the morning after. He said, by all accounts, he was pushing for women's basketball and, and trying to help his daughter, you know, potentially carry on the Kobe Bryant legacy, right? And, and I saw an awesome clip from Jimmy Kimmel where, you know, Jimmy Kimmel yeah. asked him, uh, well, you don't have a you don't have a son. You don't have someone to carry on your legacy. And he's like, yeah, people ask me that all the time when my daughter's around, and she just looks at them and says, no, that's me. Like I'm going to carry on the legacy. Like she wanted to play basketball and maybe even professionally one day in the WNBA. Uh, but perhaps you know everything that Kobe has done the past couple of years in terms of you know trying to to push women's basketball and be around with his family. It doesn't look. It doesn't make. It doesn't take away anything that he's ever done, obviously, and I, and I see what you're saying in that regard, Greg. And you know, I'm not gonna. I don't think anyone's just gonna sweep that under the rug and just you know 100% forgive Kobe for that because you know that's not how it should be. You know, obviously, um, you know people make mistakes, but it, it still doesn't make it right. So I, I see what you're saying in that regard, uh, but but for me, again, like it's harder for me because so much of how I looked at Kobe was because of the athlete, right? Because of what we saw on the court and, and the competitiveness and the fire and the way that he played and the never back down attitude and always wanted the ball in crunch time and willing to take on any assignment, guard any player, take any shot, uh, shooting threes, mid-range, driving to the rack. I mean, that's just so much of what I remember, uh, you know, trying to emulate that on a basketball court, you know, little you know, 10-year-old little white Frank trying to like beat Kobe on the court. Like, you know, it, it's just... That's who I looked up to, the player. I hear what you're saying 100%. Um, it's, it's hard for me to, to separate the two in this moment, obviously, uh, because I held him so, so near and dear. Like, I have his book. I've read his book, The Mama Mentality. Um, I hear what you're saying, but, but overall, it's still a tough day. Like, no matter yes, how you want to look at it, like, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's just all around, no matter how you want to look at it. it it's just tough situation. Yeah, I listen, of course. It's a very, very sad situation how much Kobe means to a lot of people like yourself. And, you know, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't get attached uh, like that to celebrities. Like, I harken back how you felt yesterday, Frank, to uh, when, when Mac Miller died. And you told, you and, and Florio both, like, this is a really tough day. And I didn't get it. You know, and honestly, right? Like, I don't have that relationship with anybody. You can tell me a, God forbid, whatever, you know, the athlete growing up that I grew up with was, was Derek Jeter and Eli Manning, right? And God forbid anything happened to them. Like, I don't have that attack. Like, oh my God, Derek Jeter. Yep. But that's not me. And I think I'm in the minority in that because there's a lot more people that can pinpoint what their favorite athlete or superhero or celebrity or whoever they look up to outside of their personal family, of course, means to them. My wife, Judy, it's like, if said told me somebody yesterday that she would lose it, right? Because that's how much they meant to that person. So I understand that side of it, even though even if I personally can't, can't get there. What Kobe meant for even basketball was so, so grand. Um, he was born and bred to do this. Generational player. He was a generational I mean, it was player. MJ, it was Kobe, and then it was LeBron. Yeah. I mean, he was the bridge between the two. Absolutely. He was the late 90s, the early 2000s. It is kind he of crazy. He was the we, face of basketball during that time period. It's crazy we never got the LeBron-Kobe final. Yeah, and you know? we should have got it, and we were robbed of it the year that yeah. the Orlando Magic made it That's right. over the Cleveland Cavs. And 
I remember rooting for that at the time. Like we all, the NBA everybody was. was. Yeah, NBA everybody was. wants Kobe yeah. versus LeBron. I mean, it's it's the passing of the torch almost, right? Yeah. And no one knows how it would have played out. Obviously, LeBron didn't have the best supporting cast at the time. That's why he didn't ended up not making the finals. And it, it would have been tremendous to see that. But you're right. I mean, we never got it. We never, we never I mean, did we, get it. We got, we had some nice one-on-one matchups between the two. I remember a game. I don't. Maybe it was five years ago. It was Kobe hits a game winner against Miami. Okay. Six, five, maybe even that, longer yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. It was when LeBron was on the Heat. It was like that big three. It was just a huge game. It was a nationally televised game, and Kobe hits the game winner. And, and it was like it was in the twilight of Kobe's career. You know, it was you know early to mid thirties at that point, and it was just it was awesome to see like he still got it right against LeBron, who we knew we saw like LeBron is blossoming into the best player in the NBA. Uh, so that was really cool to watch, and then you know, tearing his Achilles and, and coming back from that at the age that he did in his mid thirties. Yeah, there's no one else like him. I mean, from a from a basketball perspective, it's you know you hear him go down in arguments all the time, right? MJ or, or Kobe, and you know as one of the greatest players of all time, it's you know you can't really have that conversation without Kobe Bryant being part of it. And look, he was he was a different animal, man. Like the way that he operated on the court, it was just killer instinct. And Gabe mentioned this too. Like people didn't like him. I get it, man. Like. In his younger age, even into, I think, really, I don't think he really started to figure it out until, sure. like, after he retired. Like, you started to see more of the human side of Kobe Bryant. I agree with that. He was, like, a, he was almost like a savage beast. Absolutely. On the court. And, like, just even the way that he would interact, like, with his teammates. He didn't have friends. I mean, he would throw guys under the bus. I mean, he's playing, he's dropping 81. He's got Smush Parker in his lineup. He's got Chris Mim in his starting lineup. He didn't have anybody at that time. It was Kobe. And that was it. He was alone. And I think that that's how he felt for a majority of his career, even playing along someone like a Hall of Famer in Shaq. I mean, they didn't get along. Yeah. I mean, you you know all the words each of them uh, said about each other. I, I think that it took someone very special to get along with Kobe Bryant. Um, it ruined Dwight Howard's psyche, that's for sure. And we know that w- the uh, downturn that he took, people like Rod Artest, up and down relationships. It's almost the complete opposite of what you see in the NBA today, where everyone's friends, right? Yeah. LeBron helping guys up. Right. And not to say that that's wrong. It's just Go, different, LeBron you know? going to play with his friends. It, yeah, like, it's different. Sure. Kobe didn't want, like, uh, aside from, okay, there was trade rumors. Kobe wanted out. He didn't want to play alongside Shaq. He wanted to prove that he was the guy. It was just a different mentality, right? Like, you, you throw around the, the, the term Mamba mentality, but that's really how he played, right? It was yeah. me versus the world. That yeah. was it. He didn't want to play with, uh, he didn't want friends. He didn't want superstars to join him. That's not how he wanted to play. It was... What? He was just different, man, and it's just completely opposite of the way the game is played now. You know, it's these guys are a lot more friendly, and they work out together, and they train together, and it's it's just completely different than the way the game was played. And you hear it all the time the, the '90s, where everyone's clotheslining each other, and, and you know, people didn't like Jordan either. And I think you know Kobe really tried to model his game a lot after Kobe. I mean, after Michael Jordan. And there are highlights where you'll see like they literally had the same exact moves side by side. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. The player, the competitor, the man that he was, the man that looked like he was turning into. Yeah, it's and and we'll never be able to see that. You know, again, forty-one years old and lost in all of this is his thirteen-year-old daughter and and the fact that her teammate was on that and the baseball coach and, and there were other people. You know, a guy speaking out that lost his wife and he has three kids and now they're all alone. Like, it really is tragic, man. Extremely, extremely tragic. We'll talk more with the competitor of Kobe Bryant coming up next.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the DailyRoto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing DFS hockey without using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Promo code is ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Okay. Uh, I want to wrap up Kobe. We have a lot of uh, news that's kind of breaking that we, I do want to get to. So I want to put a bow on the Kobe stuff um, for now. I've heard... What did you think of the NBA not canceling their games yesterday? I wasn't a fan of it. I think that they should have tried everything in their power. I mean, this is a game that might end up meaning something down the stretch for teams that are fighting for the postseason. And... You know, you heard comments from people like Carmelo Anthony who said this was the toughest game that I've ever played in. And obviously he's close close with Kobe and played for so long with Kobe Bryant. And a lot of these guys did. And you see Tim Duncan on the sideline with the Spurs. He's an assistant coach now. Like he's crying. He's wiping his eyes. Kyrie Irving didn't even appear in yesterday's game. He he couldn't play. And that's a game that might matter for the Brooklyn Nets like later on in the season. So I understand that there are a lot of financial stipulations that are involved with these games, but Personally, I felt that they should have canceled the games yesterday. I think it's tough, and I said this on the It's a tough situation. It's a really sure. tough situation to to do logistically speaking as well. Um, so I understand the the idea not to. I thought Chris Maddox. I said this on in game live yesterday. Had a fantastic idea, and the All Star game, all the team, well, half the team should wear eight, the other half should wear twenty four. I thought yeah. that was. I, thought I that, could definitely see that coming true. I thought that was a really cool idea. Alex uh, wondered aloud if twenty four should be retired by every team. Um, already by the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, you know, I, I it's it's tragic. It's very, very sad. And you hit a lot of it a few moments ago. That it felt like Kobe was starting the second part of his life, coaching his daughter, being a being a father. I mean, he just had a new daughter. For God, for God's sakes, right? Like it felt like being a family man was so important to him. And doing stuff outside of basketball, like the documentary he did uh, that he won an Oscar for, right? the, the short film. There was a lot left of Kobe that he wasn't just going to be a talking head on Inside the NBA. Not that he wouldn't do that, but like, he wasn't just going to be a talking head. He wasn't just going to get into coaching, but he was going to be around and do so much. And most importantly, be a great father, a better husband, and do all that. And that is what's sad. Scott Van Pelt's hit it um, on SportsCenter a couple years ago, a year or two ago, and it has always hit me, like this line hit me more than anything. Sure, you're sad when somebody dies of all the memories and you think of all the great times, but what hurts more than anything else is what's to come. That you don't know, you won't have that chance to witness what Kobe will do or his daughter will do or any of the other seven people that were on that flight, on that uh, helicopter doing their life, and that is sadder than anything else. We'll have these memories. You'll have your entire childhood growing up of Kobe memories. It's what 
was going to happen later that hurts the most, I think. All right, let's get um, let's get into some sports talk. Chat about what's going on around uh, baseball and the NFL. We have a lot of baseball to cover, so I want to get into the NFL first, and then we'll transition over to baseball. We'll start with the NFL, where the Chargers, according to Jake Glazer, has made it clear that Philip Rivers will not be back next year. Frankie, this isn't something that we didn't see coming. Like Philip Rivers moved out of there. It was clearly a time for a clean break. Both him and Eli Manning, same spot, right? Maybe Philip Rivers has a little bit more left in the tank, but both of these guys uh, are moving on. Eli retired last week. Philip Rivers. Uh, is waiting to see what comes next for him. Uh, you've heard places like Tennessee come up if they don't re-sign Ryan Tannehill, a, a team that just made the AFC Championship game. That could be a good spot for him. Uh, as a veteran, does he want to take a shot where you'll start and you'll mentor somebody? Uh, Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians as a gunslinger, that makes sense for him, I, I think. So there's a couple of spots for Phillip Rivers still. Uh, where do you think Phillip Rivers ends up? I think both of the teams that you brought up make a ton of sense. We've heard the New England Patriots thrown around. Uh, I know that there was a report over the weekend that Robert Kraft wants to bring back Tom Brady, and understandably so. Look, they have so much history together. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen for sure. I know a couple of weeks ago during the McGregor fight, there were reports after that that uh, Tom Brady met with Al Davis, and there's a potential for him you know, coming over with the Las Vegas Raiders. Next year will be their first season in Las Vegas, so we'll see what happens with Brady. There's kind of a musical chair situation going on with uh, these veterans veteran quarterbacks right now. So I don't want to rule out the Patriots as a possibility. Uh, the two teams that you mentioned, the Bucks, make a lot of sense as well with Bruce Arians. And you know, I'll throw out the Carolina Panthers because you don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. They can trade away Cam Newton. I, I personally, I think that Cam Newton is probably going to be gone. I think they want to start anew with, with Matt Rule, their new head coach, and he has this big contract and everyone fell in love with him based on his press conference. So we'll see what the Carolina Panthers do with Cam Newton ultimately, but I, I think that they can probably find a taker for Cam Newton, and if that's the case, it wouldn't surprise me if they draft a quarterback early on and then maybe bring in a veteran like Phillip Rivers to maybe mentor or said rookie quarterback for the next two or three years or sure. something like that. So. I, 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 I certainly think that's possible. On the Chargers side of things, it makes sense for him to move on. He certainly was not the same that he was 23 having, touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Yeah, he, he was gross last year. I and mean, I've called Phillip Rivers a, a loser for a long time because he could never come up big. And you knew he was always going to throw that pick six. Kind of like Tony Romo in that way. And Phillip Rivers and the Chargers have separated, according to Jay Glazer. So what do they do next? Well, there's three options, as we discussed during the break, Frankie. Yeah, so those three options are, A, they can fill Phillip Rivers with another veteran quarterback. We've heard a potential swap of Tom Brady to the Chargers and Phillip Rivers to New England. Tom it's, Brady gets to play in the warm weather. Uh, there are other yeah, veterans say, available not as just well. It's not just Tom Brady. It could be uh, Marcus Mariota. It could be an Andy Dalton. James someone, Winston. James Winston, someone who's looking for a new start with another team. So they can go that route. They have a veteran. I believe he's still under contract with the team in Tyrod Taylor, yeah. who has flashed at times. And the way that we're seeing the NFL move right now. Hey, they look at the Drew Brees homecoming, huh? That's not going to happen. <laughs> Drew Brees uh, said over the weekend that he's going to take the, the next couple of months to figure out what he wants to do. Retirement is an option for him, uh, but he said it's either the Saints or retirement. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor. I Teddy mean, the Bridgewater, way too. The NFL has been trending. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, we just saw Lamar Jackson have an MVP caliber season. We've seen Tyrod Taylor have success in the past with the Buffalo Bills. So uh, there's a chance that Tyrod Taylor can be the starter for the Los Angeles Chargers. And then the third option is uh, obviously drafting a quarterback. Justin Herbert had a great week this past week uh, with the Senior Bowl going on. He played well during the Senior Bowl. He helped his stock rise. Uh, 
kind of helps out your New York Giants, obviously, Greg, because there's demand for that fourth pick moving ahead of the Dolphins to potentially trade up and take a quarterback. So Justin Herbert is an option. Uh, maybe if they stay at their spot, they'll have Tua. Tua, you don't know if he's going to start his first year. It could be a redshirt season for him, uh, and that's where Tyra Taylor would come into play again as well. So it seems like they have three clear options. They can sign a veteran. They can go with Tyra Taylor, a veteran who's already on the roster, or they can look to draft a rookie uh, and potentially throw him out there in his first season. Yeah, absolutely. All options make sense. As I said, great for the Giants because uh, if the Chargers are looking to draft a rookie quarterback, and maybe they are, I would assume that it's certainly on their radar. Justin Herbert had a big weekend at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Tua is still there, out there. And you can think of the trade package that the Giants will get, Greg. We just saw the Jets trade up a couple of years ago yeah. from 7-3 to three with the Indianapolis Colts, and they gave up their first-round pick that year, and they gave up two second-round picks as well on top of that. So that could be potentially what the Giants are looking at in return. Law and the Giants have plenty of holes to fill. You'd yep. think there would be a good possibility that Dave Gettleman would do that, but uh, it's Gettleman, so uh, never assume Anything, Frank. Maybe his uh, four computer people that he hired will help him out with this one, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> How old do you think those computer people are? I don't know. It's <laughs> so I go in two ways, right? They're either like kids that are like interns. Right. Right. That, that's possible. The other one is like guys that just got like laid off at Best Buy that like don't have a job anymore. <laughs> Geek Squad. Right. He hired the Geek Squad. Right, exactly. They like, work on like Windows computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he went in there into Best Buy, like trying to get his phone fixed. And he saw some he saw people like Good catch. Uh, like like typing on the computer like this. And he was just like, Oh my God. You. I like I've never that. seen that before. I like that. So he tried to hire them. Yep. So I think, I think that's like a distinct possibility. It's not somebody that's like a Harvard graduate. Or a pen graduate, like the Browns' entire organization is. I do appreciate how in touch you are. Like you're not delusional, like other fans, Greg. Where like no matter what your team does, like you agree with it. Like no, nah, Dave Gettleman's gonna get it right. Well, you're the same way, Frank. Oh, absolutely. You destroy that the Jets all the time. I mean, that's the only way to be a fan, right? People will call me out. Well, you're not a real Jet fan. You're not a real Knicks fan. No, I. I that's exactly what I am. I'm a realistic fan. I don't live with. Uh, delusions of grandeur, Greg. There are no delusions of that when Adam Gase is your head coach. When, look, we'll call it for what it is, the Knicks, since the turn of the millennium, Greg, are probably the worst franchise in the NBA. So, it's kind of calling it for what it is. Oh, know? it is what it is, Frank. It's, it, 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 it's factual. Yeah, it is factual. Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl yesterday? Not a single second. Nor did I. Not a single second. Uh, Judy was like following Instagram for updates. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Her dad was like, what have you become? I was like, listen, this wasn't me. You created a monster. Like, I don't, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. She, she was all in. I'm like, this is nuts. At least one Sussman was. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, like, she didn't watch it. I don't Has she adjusted to the uh, signing her name, Sussmania, on the end? I don't know. That's or does she, the, she has a hyphen, right? Well, she's so, just Judy so, at, Sussman? so at work, she's going by. She hasn't like officially changed her name yet. It's a long process, and like, okay. she has a new passport and stuff. So it's like pain in the ass. Um, at work, she was going by Judy Cooker Sussman for like the next year, just so everybody gets to know her, and then eventually she'll just drop off the Cooker. Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. A little transition process. Do you hey, feel strongly about it either way? One minute. You know what's funny? Uh, I I would like it, prefer it, probably. But I was like, she was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. I'd be like. All right. Well, it's your name. I get it. You you would prefer it to be Sussman. Yeah, just Sussman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy then. No. I don't I've uh yeah I've I've caused some late night fights. Oh really? It's a no, thing. but back in the day, this was it's like earlier on in the relationship, like yeah. the first couple of years we we're together. Yeah, I just 
I kind of assumed it would always be that. And it, like she was always fine with it. But her friends, when we first get started, started getting invited to weddings, when um, she was going to be married, they didn't know what to put. On the, they didn't know what to put. Yeah. So some person put Judy Cooker and Greg Sussman, and she's just like, she's like, well, why did why did you just put Judy Sussman? It's my name. Yeah. Oh, I was like. Nice. Yeah, now we get invited as well. Mr. and Mrs. Sus- uh, Future. Sussman. Yeah. Future, Future Stample. Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't know I was causing controversy by doing that. No, 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 no. You weren't. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got a signing in baseball and a trade as well. We'll bring it all down next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. A lot of baseball to get to, and it's it's funny because it's rare. It's like a Monday, January twenty seventh. We got a ton of baseball news, Frankie. There's a lot going on. We got Nick Castellanos to the Reds, yeah, which kind of causes a playing time concern here for some youngsters on that team. And then uh, we have another rumored uh, trade potentially happening as well, Greg. What is yeah. that? So let me. Uh... Oh God, sorry. I just saw the Bruce Feldman on Twitter. Uh, so the Giants are hiring former Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens as our new tight ends coach, officially. Well, you knew that was the case, Craig. <laughs> well, like I said, I literally had just read an article before we were on the air saying it's not even close to done and it might not happen. He'll do wonders with Jason Witten and Evan Ingram, Greg. You think that's, that's going to happen? That'd be so weird. I'd be so down. <laughs> That'd be so weird, I though. Know. I know. Um, okay, let me start with the trade before we get to Nick Castellanos. Yep. So... We've heard about Starling Marte being on the block. I never really thought he would get traded for some reason. Like I know he, the Pirates aren't going anywhere and they need to rebuild, but I didn't really think he would get traded. And then right before the show... They should trade him. Fair enough. So right before uh, the show started, my buddy uh, texted me. He's like, hey, Starling Marte got traded. And I started like refreshing Twitter violently and I didn't see anything. And then all of a sudden, Heyman, Passin, Rosenthal... All tweeted out, Starling Marte is headed to the Arizona Diamondbacks in exchange for two young prospects that have high ceilings. Have they mentioned who those prospects are yet? I have not seen names yet. All right, so Starling Marte, yeah, this is big news because, I mean, he's someone that's being drafted very early with his NFBC ADP in the month of January, currently sitting at 33.5, so... That's a solid third-round pick, no matter how you want to look at it. 12-team leagues, 15-team leagues. He is a third-round pick. Uh, and especially from a Roto perspective, you you understand why Starling Marte is a third-round pick. Someone that can provide stolen bases. And with the NFBC, there's so many overall components. You can't afford to punt any categories. And Starling Marte put together a fine season last year. Uh, he is now 31 years old. This will be his, uh, his age 31 season. He doesn't turn 32 until uh, October 9th. So that will be his playing age this season. Last year, 295, 23 homers, 97 runs scored, 82 RBI, and 25 steals. So a near 25-25 player. Um, Again, he gives you speed without hurting your home runs. He gives you a good batting average. He is a legitimate five-category contributor, albeit not to the level of the guys that obviously are drafted in like the top five picks. Yeah, of course. He, He... 
was somebody that previously went around the second round because of what he could do. Hasn't played a full season in 2015. That's the biggest knock on him. 145 games in 2018, which is, which is a lot. 132 last year. Uh, Frankie just read you all those stats. It was a good year uh, for Starling Marte. If he could stay healthy, it would be a better year, I think, in Arizona. It's a better lineup. It's a better ballpark. I'm interested in, in Starling Marte, Frankie. Yeah, absolutely. And you should be. Uh, you have to pay up. Third round pick, but I think his floor is, you know, even last year he played only 132 games. He still provided 23 home runs and 25 steals. So, you know, if he could stay healthy for those 140, which I think is a fair projection, you have to bake in that he's probably going to have at least one DL stint. So he'll miss around 15 to 20 games throughout the course of the season. I think he's safe for 20 home runs, 25 steals, a 285 batting average in this Arizona Diamondbacks lineup, he should be able to score, you know, close to 100 runs. He had 97 runs scored in the Pirates lineup last year. You mentioned that he's moving over to a better lineup with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, We'll have a little Marte-Marte connection. Kettle Marte, one of the breakout stars from last season, uh, will likely be hitting behind Starling Marte uh, if this trade does go through. I guess it's going through. Maybe it's Starling Marte first, Kettle Marte second, something like that. Um I guess that means Jake Lamb will be out of the lineup because he's currently penciled in as their third baseman. But I would imagine they move Kettle Marte back to second base where he has experience. Eduardo Escobar back to third base. And then you have Marte in center, David Peralta in left, and you have Cole Calhoun in right field. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, that, that, seems to, that seems to make sense. Who's the, their first baseman in shortstop? Christian Walker, right. who I do like a lot as like a late-round corner yep. infielder. He's a, a stat-cast hero. And their shortstop is Nick Ahmed, who... He's a good defensive player. Yeah. So you, you like him. He's a guy you pick up and drop last year. Yeah, especially in, you know, 15-teamers or NL-only leagues. Uh, but outside of that, doesn't really have much value. And then Carson Kelly, who I'm a little bit intrigued uh, in from a fantasy baseball perspective this season. One of the prospects going over to the Pirates is last year's first-round pick for Arizona, Brennan Malone. Okay, yeah, I don't know anything really about him. And who... Uh-oh, I see the O... So, Something else has happened here. I don't know. Oh, man, this is a tease by Modica. Uh-oh. So Modica just tweeted out a pitcher that pitches for Arizona. I was like, is he going to Pittsburgh? But I don't know if it's like a coincidence. He just, you know how he just analyzes these players? And he put up Zach Gallen. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. No, no, no. Oh, 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 Greggy, please. But I think he's just like doing some Zach Gallen research. Okay. All right, well, actually, I guess the move would be Somewhat better for Gallon, right? Pittsburgh, better pitchers parked than, sure. than Arizona, but better chance at wins staying in Arizona. Zach Gallon, someone that we loved last year, lit up yep. AAA, uh, got called up by the Marlins, and then really surprisingly got traded for, for Jazz Chisholm last year. And pitched awesomely in Arizona. Yeah, and then he was great in Arizona, so I hope he's not on the move. Uh, someone that I thought might be is John Duplantier. Oh, I remember that guy. Who we spoke about last year. Who, sure. Who does have some upside. He is a prospect it. for the Diamondbacks. It's not Gallon. It's Malone plus Pegato plus $250,000 of international bonus money. Okay, uh, so... Leover Piguero. All right. So, I don't really know much about those prospects, admittedly. So probably, uh, probably you know, young guys, I would assume. Yeah, that are, that are far away from the majors. That's, that's what I would imagine. Sure. Uh, but yeah, this is an overall positive move for, for Starling Marte. Let's just hope that this doesn't affect his ADP. Do you think he's going to climb into the second round now, Greg? Is he going to be like a borderline yeah, so, second round pick? So, he's going solidly in the third round, you said? Yeah, his ADP was 33, so even in a 15-teamer, he was an early third-round pick, and in a 12-teamer, he was a later third-round pick. So, he was in the third round. He was not a second-round pick. Yeah, so I, I 
I could see him moving up toward the turn, closer to the turn, Frankie. I can see that being possible. I'm pulling up the NFBC ADP over the last week here, or over the last 12 days, or say, since the 15th. Interesting. So Marte's going around who? Libra Torres. It's an interesting one. I'd rather have Marte. Altuve? I'd rather have Marte. Aaron Judge? I... Uh, I'd rather have Aaron Judge. I don't know. I, I'd rather have Shane Bieber. He's going one pick earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Harper? Yeah, like I'd rather have Bryce. I would, I would hope not to be in that predicament. Like, if I'm in that predicament where Bieber, Bryce Harper, and J.D. Martinez are gone, yeah, and I'm looking at the board staring at Aaron Judge, yep. Steven Strasburg, uh-huh. Glaber, Starling Marte, man, I really would not want to be in that position. And I probably would take Starling Marte because he gives you the stolen bases. Let me throw this out there. I, know this I don't not- want Aaron Judge. I'm off him this year. He really? burned me last year. I'm, 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 I'm back, obviously. But sure, like, I mean... What did you... I know you did a lot of starting pitching research. Wearing pinstripes underneath that purple sweater today. No. Um, <laughs> so, are you, are you in on Chris Sale? I know. No. Like, no. Okay. No. I haven't done I, any research on him. I watched And you know it. what? Maybe I, maybe I need to have a little bit of a reflection period here, Greg, because obviously I was in the main event last year, and I believe I was drafting 12th overall. Around there, yeah. And I took Aaron Judge in and the first Chris round, Sale, and I yeah. took Chris Sale in the second round. And I'm off of both of those players this year, and we often preach to other people, people who listen to us, uh, for fantasy baseball advice that you can't really hold grudges in fantasy baseball. But it's not. I'm not just avoiding these players because I was burned by them last year in the main event. Mind you, this is a high-stakes league with a $1,700 buy-in where I was in first place going into July and then losing Chris Sale obviously kind of burned everything down to the ground. Not that he was pitching great to begin with, but... I think there are other factors that come into play. It's not just, oh, I've been burned by this player before. Okay. It's, I'm worried about the Aaron Judges and the Stantons and the fact that we spoke to Virginia Zakis about this before. It, it's baseball players who play with muscle mass like that. That's not the way that baseball players have, have ever really played the game. I mean, even we seen we saw guys in the PED era. I mean, they weren't built the same way that like Aaron Judge and Stanton are. So I almost wonder, are these guys always going to be prone sure. to injury? So I do worry about that, and I kind of don't want to draft them. I don't want to draft Judge as early as he's going until he proves to me that he can stay healthy for a season. I get it, but and, and Chris this, Sale, it's like I go back what, to this Chris Sale with thing, the though. elbow thing, Greg. I mean, this is so worrisome. Here's what I'll say: if he pitches in spring and the velocity is up to like 93, 94, and he looks healthy, he's going to shoot up to like a borderline first round pick. It's going to happen. Yeah. The reason why he's going in the third round right now is because of that unknown. And I agree with that that unknown. It's it's Dude. a lot to invest in, in that, that early round, in the draft. Yeah. I'm going to take a plunge on Chris Sale. He's thirty years old. And I get it. I understand how the Velo was down. This elbow thing is real. You know his exit was in the second half of the year? It's risky territory. I understand that. All the underlying numbers for him were very good. The strikeouts were still there. The exit yeah. was there. But Greg, I'm telling you, I watched every start because I own him in multiple places. Something was not right with him. Maybe he's healthy now though. Look, if he shows that in the spring, then I understand why people why people will get back on board. And this is why you draft early because you can get that discount now. But it can also go the other way as well. That's why I'm saying, like, in terms of risk reward, there's nobody who carries more of both of those than Chris Sale in the third round right now. He ha- carries the most risk, but he also carries the highest reward. I have to say, and I know he's not gotten to the Reds, but I-, I have to throw this out there. You and I talked before about understanding the auction. Right, nailing guys that can produce first round value. Sale is in that mold. 
Chris Telkovich is the number one overall pitcher. The person who won our GDD 15-team auction league last year took the chance on Clayton Kershaw. And look how it worked out. With that being said, Kershaw was more of like a fifth-round pick last year. And I think he got him for like 15, 16 bucks. Thank you, Chris For sale, you're still going to have to... Say right now, you're not going to get him for cheaper than $25. I'm going to tell you right now, if he's going for like 18 I'm going to bid 19 That's fair. Okay. I... But that, to me, that equates to an $18, $19 player is more like a fifth-round pick. Like right, I, I, fourth, so fifth-round pick. I, I agree with that. I, that's fine, but I think once you get into like the $25 range, a little, a little expensive. I'm not a big fan of the second and third round starting pitchers. I know pitchers. you're not. We've talked about this. Yeah. This is, uh, I don't know that I've revealed it on the air before, but I, I've been diving deep into pitching. I, I'm really, I'm done with my top 30 rankings as of now, Greg. We talked about this. Like you wanted, you talked on the air. You wanted to be in the, like, the yeah. Severino tier. Yeah, so I really know and Grinky. I think this is the year that I'm going to dive into the first round starting pitchers. I I want one of those top three aces uh, Verlander, um, one of DeGrom, one of Garrett Cole, and then kind of come back around in that fourth round range. I I really like Charlie Morton this year. I think Zach Grinky is disrespected once again this year. I think that there's upside for a bounce back in Noah Syndergaard and Luis Severino. So I, I like that fourth, fifth round range of starting pitchers. To me, the second and third round. The second rounder specifically, it seems like you're drafting these guys at their ceiling. Clevenger, Shane Bieber, Walker Bueller. I get it, they're young, and maybe there's another step, maybe, but it seems like you're drafting these guys at their ceiling. Uh, and in the third round with Blake Snell, Chris Sale. The reward, again, is high, but the risk is, is also very evident there, Greg. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We'll see what he goes for. I'm excited. Because might as well pushing for him. We'll see how the spring goes. So I want to... The first NFBC auction took place last night, so I, I just want to pull up and see how much Chris Sale went for. Oh, that'd be great. You could pull that off for me. So he went for $27. Oh! And that's the first auction, Greg. So people are thinking similarly to you. Yeah. That if you can get him at that discount, you want to be involved. But yeah. for example, Shane Bieber went for 29 Give me Bieber for two more, two more dollars, who is safer, safer in my opinion, than Chris I Sale. Think but I think I take have... the $2 discount on Chris Sale. Yeah. Over Shane Bieber. I, I think you, you can, you'll ask people and get different answers, obviously. You know what? Uh, I, but I, but I, like I, know... I prefer the safety early on, and to me, Shane Bieber is that. I like to know what Pitcher List thinks about that. Bieber versus Yeah, Chris we'll have Sale. to get our buddy Nick Pollock on yeah. to, uh, to talk about that. I would like to know Walker that. Walker Bueller went for 39 Oh, my God. The font is very small, so that's why I'm trying to like peek in how here. Much did, see. How much did Cole uh, and DeGrom Jacob DeGrom go goes for 43 this is going to be an issue. Uh, Garrett Cole goes for 46. Right, this is going to be an issue. Justin Verlander goes for 37. Bang, bang! We found our guy, Greg. We found the guy. Okay, uh, we'll come back. We'll hit on the Reds. We'll get more into the Reds tomorrow because I want to spend a lot of time on this, but we'll, we'll just talk about it tomorrow. I don't know. We'll wrap up the show next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, final three minutes of the program. Three questions in three minutes. 
Probably. We're back. What's happening? Oh, is it my earpiece? Is that what it is? I think it's your earpiece, because I hear you perfectly fine, Greg. All right, so I guess it's my You're earpiece. here live on the Sports right. TV network. This is earpiece is going in and out here. All right, fair enough. Oh, there we go. Oh, Do you have three questions in three minutes, Greg? It doesn't sound like you have three questions. So, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the Reds. Yep. Right? So... You want to do that now? You want to save it for tomorrow? Because it's big, you know? Yeah, I don't want to rush it by any means. I okay. would like to spend my time. I did a lot of research on not just Nick Castellanos, sure. who joined the Reds, but right. all the other pieces that are kind of uh, right. affected here with Nick Senzel and Absolutely. Akiyama and Eugenio right. Suarez and Michael Stockis. Yep. So I'm very interested in the Cincinnati Reds. A lot of pieces on the moves. So I guess I'll just ask three questions in three minutes uh, based on what we were just talking about. Sure. Uh, in the NFBC, in the auction that just took place last night. I'm going to name a player. You tell me how much they went for. Ready? Um, the board that I'm looking at doesn't have everybody, but it has a lot of the big name players. So I, I will try my best. I'm not going to do some. Oh, I won't do any schmucks. What do you got? All right. Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows went for uh, a pretty penny last night. He went for $30, which is the same price as Bryce Harper and $1 more than J.D. Martinez. That's too much money, Frank. I love Austin Meadows, and I agree. That is too much money. George Springer go for more or less than that. George Springer went for less, $24. Hey, I mean, come on. $6. I, I don't like George Springer. I'm not going to be in on George, like George Springer. You didn't like George Springer last year either. I didn't. You're wrong. Maybe look stupid. That's right. <laughs> so we're not going back. Yeah, but he also doesn't have trash cans this year, Greg, or buzzers or anything. He was really good last year, Frankie. He was very good. Why are you You want to buy a player off of a career year, Greg? I mean, he was good last year, too. Like, I don't know. I like George Springer. I haven't done the research yet, but I like George Springer. Um, one more. Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito went for, I just saw his name, $25. Seems fair? Yes, so $2 less than Chris Sale. I mean, if I had to equate that, that to a round, it's, in a 15-teamer, that's a 3-4 a swing kind of guy. And that's basically where he's been going. Late third, early fourth round for Lucas Giolito, as more often than not, yeah. uh, teams SP2s. Sure. So $25. I don't love the price particularly. Zach Greinke at $20. Give me that, Greg. Yeah, man. Noah Syndergaard at $21. I mean, I got a lot of work to do, a lot of research to do. We need your help to do Now's it. Now's the right. time, Greg. Wager Talk is up next, followed by At the Window for Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.